Hey, it's Danielle. Would you like a $50 Amazon gift card? Here is how you enter a chance to win. Right now, Failing Motherhood is turning four years old, and it's almost Mother's Day, so we're doing an annual drive for ratings and reviews, which are huge for search rankings, for potential listeners to find us, and for them to size up the quality of the podcast. So if you have been enjoying Failing Motherhood, whether this is your first few times listening or you've been here the whole time, I'm offering extra incentive to put in a quick two to three sentence review inside Apple. When you leave yours, screenshot it and then send it to me over Instagram DM or email. And I am going to give one listener that leaves a review a $50 Amazon gift card on Mother's Day. We have some really exciting failing fatherhood episodes coming up. So please follow the podcast if you haven't yet and leave that rating or review so that more moms and more parents know they are not alone if they feel like they're failing their child on a daily basis. We need each other and I'm so grateful you are here. Ever feel like you suck at this job, motherhood I mean, have too much anxiety and not enough patience, too much yelling, not enough play, there's no manual, no village, no guarantees. The stakes are high, we want so badly to get it right, but this is survival mode, we're just trying to make it to bedtime. So if you're full of mom guilt, your temper scares you, you feel like you're screwing everything up and you're afraid to admit any of those things out loud. This podcast is for you. This is Failing Motherhood. I'm Danielle Batman, and each week we'll chat with a mom ready to be real, sharing her insecurities, her fears, her failures, and her wins. We do not have it all figured out. That's not the goal. The goal is to remind you, you are the mom your kids need. They need what you have, you are good enough, and you're not alone. I hope you pop in earbuds, somehow sneak away, and get ready to hear some hope from the trenches. You belong here, friend. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to Failing Motherhood. My name is Danielle Bettman, and on today's episode, we're talking summer sanity. But before I get to that, I wanted to sing happy birthday to Failing Motherhood. It launched May 26th of 2020 last year, And we have hit, I think this is like the 41st episode. And I'm just so, 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 so thankful for your support and for your listens and for sharing it with a friend. And I told myself I was going to commit to a year. And in 2021, I switched to bi-weekly episodes so that I could continue keeping up with consistent content. And I'm so glad that I did. And I would love for you to let me know which episode has spoke to you the most. What was something that you heard in an episode that you just absolutely needed to hear and it was the right thing at the right time and it would just be so, so, so gratifying gratifying and rewarding for me to hear that from you and be able to connect about how this podcast has served you. And I'm just so glad that uh, we can celebrate together and I just thank you so much for your support. So today we're talking summer sanity, and I'm sure that you realize why if you are 
anticipating and anxious about the months to come. I can't even believe it's June. This whole last year has been such a bizarre passing of time, but it's here. And there are two reasons why the summer is challenging. Number one, change. Change is destabilizing. It's hard on us and it's hard on our kids. And now I think especially coming out of the pandemic world, we can kind of have like some PTSD symptoms when it comes to reminding us of the lockdown and quarantine and feeling like we're stuck at home again and having reminiscent feelings that are not conducive to really healthy problem solving when it comes to this extra time together and extra time at home. And our kids have a hard time with, you know, leaving their consistent schedule of preschool or childcare or elementary school. And we have a hard time losing the time that we may have had to get things done. So that change is destabilizing and the terror of unstructured time, which is also very hard to deal with, extra challenging on the parenting front and needing to put a lot more extra structure and boundaries and expectations in place for the days to come to be able to weather until the next school year. And I know I've heard that the fall is mom new year because of everything starting up again. So between now and mom new year, we need to find some ways to survive and to thrive with some sanity intact. So that's what we're talking about today. And honestly, I just need to real talk with you for a second before we dive in. Now is the best time to commit to investing in some parenting help. And here's why. The increased time together and at home over these next few months will condense and accelerate the struggles that you've already been seeing. And especially now, as we're working into this post-COVID world, healing is needed. I was reading a article about how the effects of a recession can live on for 10 plus years in an economy and how even just like a pay cut or losing a job for a small period of time financially has ramifications years down the road for a family. And if that's true about the economy or money and finances, how much more true is that about the effects of a pandemic on a in developing mind and close family relationships? You don't have all the time in the world to make up for this lost time that we've had. And I know that if you're a really good parent, if you're worried about the right things and one of those things is wondering what effects this time has had on your kids. And I've had a few new families enroll in coaching recently. And one thing that has been true about all of them is that they want to work to minimize the impact and the effects, especially that they've had on their kids over the last year. They've had a short temper, short patience, and they're honestly not very proud of their parenting over the last year because they've been doing the best they could with what they had and they had very low capacity and very low energy. But now they're willing and ready to have hard conversations to change this. They want to not only address their parenting toolkit so that they're feeling a lot less out of control and helpless, but they want to work on their parenting partnership or marriage 
They want to work on their sanity and extend their patience level. And they want to really be confident and secure that they have a strong foundation for the childhood to come. And now is the best opportunity to do that, to work out a lot of these kinks before the new year, before school starts again. So now is an amazing time to reach out and just see what opportunities are out there. I promise you there is no obligation for having a free call with me because I will point you to other resources that might be a perfect fit for your family that are a lower investment or that are you know created by other experts. And I promise you I'll tell you um, who's legit, in my opinion, who I recommend and point you in the right direction. So if you have had that thought of maybe us, maybe now, now's the time to reach out. So that is our Real Talk segment. Now let's dive in to five steps for summer sanity and jump into the show notes for a link to schedule a call. Okay, five steps for summer sanity this summer. Number one, expect adversity. I think I've talked about this before, but knowing that the days are going to be more challenging, knowing that that lack of structure and routine is going to be hard for your kids to wrap their minds around, knowing that you're going to have to have more patience because you have more time together and you'll have to have a lot more intentionality and planning ahead, knowing that allows you to then be able to take the proper precautions, take care of yourself, get your game face on, and do the things that you know are going to provide you sanity. But it really is a mind game and it is a shift in perspective and expectations to be able to remember and realize to expect it. Expect bigger tantrums when your kids need a healthy release, when they are grieving the loss of their friends or their teachers or whatever. Expect that you will have longer days and that you need to take care of yourself even more intentionally. And then reframe it because if you could just continue to really dwell on, oh, this is so awful. This is so hard. These days, you know, I, do, I want them to be over. Then you're just going to continue to see evidence that reminds you of that. So I don't want to push you into toxic positivity and think that like everything is cupcakes and rainbows because it's not. Instead, brace yourself to expect that adversity, but also Challenge yourself to look for the pockets of gratitude and look and plan for things to look forward to. One of the random things our family is going to do this summer is just go to all of the ice cream shops in our city and like critique the ice cream. And that is something that is going to excite me and I'm going to look forward to that. And when I'm going to enjoy a summer activity, then that overflows to my kids and it's going to get done and we're going to have positive family time at least once a week. And things like, you know, movie nights, um, board games, breakfast for dinner, just any things like that, that you're going to look forward to, find those pockets and plan them to be able to help you have the right mindset. So that goes hand in hand with step two, which is to have your game face on. So number one is to expect adversity. Number two is game face. So because you're expecting that adversity, you need to be able to prioritize your well-being even more intentionally to find the pockets of time that you are going to be able to 
get a break or work out or do the things that make you feel like yourself so that you can have longer patience and more energy when you need it most. So you're going to have to work really hard to have things on your schedule that are just for you so that you can show up for your kids. So no guilt, no guilt on your part for planning, you know, something that you get to go see a friend on Friday night or, you know, having a target trip on a Sunday afternoon to get away or being able to, you know, tell, have put on screen time first thing in the morning so that you can have your coffee hot. No guilt and absolutely pat yourself on the back and give yourself a good job sticker when you're able to fit those things in because you know not only does it serve you, but it absolutely serves your kids and allows you to be a better mom. So number one was expect adversity. Number two is get your game face on. Number three, put your kids in control. So if you have a strong-willed kid, they thrive off of routine and structure. One of the reasons why they do really well in preschool settings or school settings is because the expectations are so crystal clear. Everything is very predictable and reassuring. And when they lose that, it is hard on them. However, they also hate being told what to do. So they're in that awkward, they need limits, but they hate limits type of situation. So what do you do with that? You have to be able to offer the limits, but put them in control and offer ownership over those limits. So something that really helped us find sanity early on in quarantine last year was being able to have a daily schedule where I listed out a handful of things that needed to be done that day or that were on our calendar for that day. And that was when we were still doing like virtual school as well. So, you know, put some of their assignments on there. But then I put my kids in charge of picking the order. And so I put those things in front of them. They could read at this time and say, what do you want to do first? Then go back to your schedule. What do you want to do second? Then go back to that schedule. What do you want to do third? And they were able to pick and choose from the things that had to get done. Now, what could that look like for a younger child? Uh, possibly letting them get, you know, brainstorm ideas of some of the fun things that you wanted to do that week and writing some of those things down and putting them on your calendar, being able to give them a calendar of their own to be able to anticipate through all the change, what's coming up to look forward to and what's also going on that they need to get done. But then allowing them to have lots of choice and control over, okay, if we're going to go to this place today, they get to, you know, pick the choice that you pack or they get to pick which swimsuit to wear. They get to choose, you know, whether we go in the morning or the afternoon. Um, anytime that you can give a lot more control over the schedule, they're going to thrive with that. So number one is expect adversity. Number two, game face. Number three, put them in control. Number four, ambiguity is the enemy. Now, if you don't set the expectations or the boundaries, then your child decides them for you. <laughs> that usually doesn't go well. So you need to be really, really clear about the boundaries and the expectations that you do want to enforce. And it is to your advantage to set up very kind but firm boundaries that help them know where the line is and help you know what the rule is. 
Because anytime there's ambiguity, anytime you're saying, well, you know, yes, you can today, but no, you can't tomorrow for no other apparent reason, or you're saying maybe, or maybe you're saying later, or you're saying, I don't know, then you're inviting a lot of negotiation and a lot of pushing of that boundary because your child wants to know where that line is. They want to know where's the guardrail, how far can I push this because it doesn't feel safe to them when they don't know what to expect. So be very clear about developing lines and rules and boundaries that are going to set you both up for success, even especially with screen time. Even if, I'm not not telling you to have strict screen time rules. I'm just telling you to be clear about them. So even if they're really generous, even if you are genuinely offering your child tablet time in the morning, you know, a movie in the afternoon, and, you know, watch kids' shows during dinner, which is probably what my kids are going to be doing, no shame, then make that obvious. Put that on a sheet somewhere and let them know every morning it's tablet time from this time to this time. Every afternoon it's going to be movie time at this time. And every, you know, we're always going to watch during dinner or something like that. But then make that be the consistent expectation. So when they ask, you know, day after day, the answer is yes. When they ask for their tablet at 5 p.m., the answer is no. So it doesn't matter what it is. It just has to be consistent That way you're not having constant battles over can I or can't I, and you don't know whether to say yes or no day to day. So come up with that together, whatever you and your parenting partner feel is appropriate, whatever is going to aid in the side of sanity for you. Yes, we're all feeling guilty about maybe more screen time than we would have been prior to COVID. It doesn't matter. Just be consistent with it and find sanity through it. Okay? So also that ambiguity comes down to not only with like screen time and like rules and boundaries about, you know, whether or not we're going to play with a friend or, you know, when we're going to go to the pool, things like that. Um, Decide the rule maybe in the moment or say, I need to come up with the rule. Um, Think about it, then go back to your child and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's, here's the plan moving forward with this. But then also use the when then script to be able to help them with responsibilities that unlock privileges. So if you have an older child and you're having a hard time with them getting any chores done or, you know, picking up around the house or anything like that, use the when then framework. So when you, you know, when you put your dishes away, then you can, you know, start watching or when your room is clean, then you can go play with a friend and just let them know, hey, like the, it's not just a straight up no. The answer is yes. The answer is, yeah, absolutely. As soon as you get that done, you can go do that. I'm so excited for you to do that. Do you need any help in getting this done? What can we do? What's your plan? So come alongside your child as their team member, cheering them on, letting them know, I know you can do this. Let's go ahead and get this done so that you can have fun the rest of the day. So have that type of expectation where responsibilities unlock privileges. When you, then you. And that is maybe an older demographic um, suggestion. But then lastly, so we have expect adversity, game face on, put them in control, ambiguity is the enemy, and 
Number five, encourage independent play. It's so healthy and good for them not to be entertained 24-7. But this takes an environment that is working for you to be able to encourage and cultivate that because if you have way too many toys, they're going to have a lot harder time choosing and going deep and having sustainable play without getting distracted or overwhelmed. So that's number one, something to address. And that is my goal for this coming week is to go through our playroom and declutter again because it's out of control. But then you also need tenacity and determination on your part that is not clouded by any guilt around this. And you know that you're acting in your child's best interest by encouraging them to play alone and by setting up some of the play scenarios where they can explore and use their curiosity and be able to dive into more play on their own, not feeling bad about it, not feeling like you should be there playing with them alongside them 24-7. And by, you know, turning off screen time when you really feel like it's what's best for them to get outside if the weather is beautiful, don't feel bad. If they, they are allowed to disagree, they are allowed to have big feelings about that, but you are also allowed to have that firm boundary to encourage and set them up for what's in their best interest. But you also need to know my one rule that I think really, really sets them up for success to be able to play independently. And that rule is independent play is most successful when it's kicked off by one-on-one time first. So that means if you know you need to work for the afternoon from home and you want them to play independently for a few hours, then start off with 15 minutes of play together where you set a timer and you let them know ahead of time, hey, I'm going to have to get some things done this afternoon. So I want to sit down and play with you first. And I'm going to set this timer for 15 minutes. Let's do whatever you want to do together for 15 minutes. As soon as the timer goes off, I will have to go to my office and start to get some work done. And I know that you're going to have so much fun playing, but what do you want to do with me first before I start working? And then play and then, you know, oh, it's so much fun with you. So bummed I have to go get some work done, but I will come check on you when my timer goes off in an hour and see how you're doing. And, you know, let them know that's the expectation. They will be so much more apt to be ready to play on their own since they got some of that face-to-face time with you than if you basically woke up and you were working for the next five hours and they're constantly bidding for your attention and connection and not understanding when you're going to be done and when they're going to be able to connect with you. So if you front load that and then set them up to have something that you already started doing together that they can just keep running with, they'll be so much more apt to be successful with playing on their own. So I hope that tip helps you. I know maybe it might not always be feasible, but even if it's five minutes or 10 minutes before you have to go split and, you know, let them be on their own, that it will matter. And it really, really, really helps. So those are my five tips for summer sanity. Uh, Number one, expect adversity. Number two, game face. Number three, put them in control. Number four, ambiguity is the enemy. And number five, encourage independent play. (laughs) 
once again, I'm going to remind you, now is an amazing time to set new goals for your family, to heal from some of the hardship over this last year plus, and to have help come alongside you so that you can work on the things that are on your heart and are feeling, you're feeling that weight of that um, disconnect or that guilt or that pain. And that pain is information that helps you feel more educated to know what your next right step is. And if you know, if you're feeling convicted that your next right step for your family is to find more support and resources in this parenting realm, don't hesitate to reach out. Now is the time. So go find my show notes, go connect with either finding out more about what it looks like to work with me or scheduling that free Sandy and Solutions call. I would be so honored to meet you and hear more about what's going on with your home and encourage you with the goals that you are setting and just to be able to connect and hear what has been valuable for you as a listener as well. That is a treat for me and that is why I do what I do. So reach out. I would love to see you face to face and encourage you and cheer you on because I genuinely want you to feel more aligned to be the parent that you want to be and thought you would be this whole time Um, because nobody told us that it was going to be this hard. (laughs) So thanks again for listening. Happy anniversary and birthday to Failing Motherhood. Reach out and connect or leave a review. That would be amazing. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. I believe in you and I'm cheering you on.